Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. I think it's fair to say you guys know I love coffee. I cannot get through the day without it, and somehow I've become the person who exclusively drinks Fable Grounds coffee. Every time I go on vacation, I think I should seriously bring some with me because nothing tastes like it. It's roasted in small batches in Maryland, and it's every book lover's dream. Fable Grounds has fandoms like Lord of the Rings, Six of Crows, and even some of our favorite Greek gods. The bag sizes range from two ounces all the way up to 12, so you can try a few different flavors before you find your perfect one. She also has gorgeous stoneware mugs that I use quite literally every single day. There is nothing like drinking coffee out of a stoneware mug. It is an experience, I'll say that. So check out Fable Grounds Coffee and use my code LLAMA10 to save on your next purchase. Hello, how's it going? Great, how are you? I am good. I have a special guest on today. If you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Anderson. I'm so excited to have you on. So Nikki, who came on, gosh, like three months ago, uh, said that your one of your characters was her ultimate book boyfriend. So she kind of connected us and I'm very excited and I absolutely loved your book. So I was really glad when, you know, she kind of connected us together and we got to chat about it. So I'm very ready. <laughs> absolutely. Love Nikki. I was so excited when she connected us. So <laughs> yeah, yes. I was like, wow, okay. Space Odyssey. That's queer. I love this. <laughs> everything that I want in a book. So <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we'll start off with our token questions. And the first one I have for you is what is your favorite standalone? Okay. So I actually had two. The first was the Gracier by Kim Liggett. I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. Um, I just adored that book. It was one of the first books that I read when I got back into reading because yeah. I took some time off, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's just fantastic. Really, really well written. And yeah. then the other one is The Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky. Okay. I don't know how many people have heard of it, but it's a horror novel. And he's the same guy who wrote Perks of Being a Wallflower. So kind of an interesting genre leap <laughs> yeah absolutely i have not heard of that one but i have read the grace here and i feel like i talk about that one a lot and i don't know a lot of people that have read it and i'm like it's so it's so good that's like my roman empire like i think about that book all the time <laughs> seriously i it, it shocked me in all the best ways honestly. yeah yeah it was really it gives like classic vibes like those classic books that has like all the elements where it's like these are things we should really be thinking about like lord of the flies and things but it's so like refreshing i don't know i loved it absolutely i definitely thought of lord of the flies like i was like wait am i in high school again yeah. what's going on <laughs> that's right that's exactly <laughs> but, right. you know i liked it that time so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were like forced to read it so it was good it was good <laughs> right <laughs> exactly awesome. okay so what is your favorite series it took me a second to think about this one. And honestly, I adore Harry Potter. I do not adore J.K. Rowling. Fair. Forever, just a problem. You know, we yeah. don't talk about her. She must not be named. But it's just so nostalgic for me. It was the first book series that I ever read. You know, I think I was a six-year-old uh, reading these books. Mm -hmm. And so every time I, I think back to my favorite series, it's always the first to come to mind. And I'm sure like if I were to enter some sort of Harry Potter trivia contest, I would like kick ass. Yeah. So I just, 
despite the author being a terrible person, I think that's just always going to be nostalgic for me. Totally valid. I know. I always say it's like the fan fiction is canon. Like that, that universe of Harry Potter is the one that I choose to believe that exists. <laughs> and 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the Germione and all of those things. I'm like, okay, that is actually the universe. Like we have taken it. We've run away with it. She, she does not exist anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great choice. It's a solid choice. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Next question is who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Okay, so this is another controversial one. So I I don't know if it's controversial. Maybe it's just controversial for me because I hate saying it, but I adore Resand from Akatar. Okay. I don't think the books are right. <laughs> They're really well written. Um, yeah. You know, which is, I'm sure that's controversial. People adore that series and that's fine. I just think he's hot. Is yep. he well written? No. But he's hot. That's fair. Very fair. You're in good I, company. Always... I'm not a big fan of the series, but I do. I can respect that. Reese Sand is hot. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can say a lot of things about Sarah J. Maas, but she she can write them in. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like the first book I read, like you going back into reading, where you really talked about like mental health. And I will say like, he's not great in the first one, but in the second one, he, he it is, it's, it's a good vibe. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He definitely does a 180 with his personality, which is nice. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. I respect that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Next question is who's your ultimate book girlfriend? All right. I had a hard time choosing this one because truthfully, I really struggle to connect with female characters in books. Um, don't know why that is, but I really enjoyed and me and Nikki are just vibing with each other's books, I guess, because my book girlfriend is friend from Janice and the Reaper, just because I, I love, for lack of a better word, county female characters, you know, uh, morally gray female yeah. characters. And so, and I really enjoyed reading about her, even though she was more of a, of a side character. I really, I thought she was a great addition to Nikki's book. So yeah, no, I love that. I, I also like the side characters most of the time better than the main character. So I can get behind that, that vibe. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a great, that was a great choice. I like that one. Thank you. Okay, perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started as an author, yeah. all that kind of stuff? So there's not a whole lot about me that I can you share only because I think I told you this, I'm a virtual author. Everything I do is anonymous. I mean, even now, as we're interviewing you're just seeing an avatar yeah and so outside of just you know i'm an author i've written for oh gosh over 10 years you know never seriously published anything until recently wrote since i was probably a, a teenager i think yeah i i live in virginia <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of interesting things about me i'm a parent so a lot, some of my TikToks recently have been about that, you know, being a parent and an author at the same time um, and a student. So talking about that, that sort of balance that I try to keep, but yeah. yeah. What kind of inspired you to start writing and publishing in the traditional sense, like actually putting well, it out there? Writing and publishing, I guess, are two different stories. I started writing in high school because I took a creative writing course and I had a professor or professor, I had a teacher pull me aside. You could tell I'm in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a teacher pull me aside and basically say, hey, you've really got a talent for this. I hope to see your books on bookshelves one day. And that was like my big moment of, hey, I, 
maybe I can do this. Then I wrote and I wrote and nothing ever felt right. Nothing ever got finished. And just, what is it, 2023? <laughs> just maybe about a year and a half ago, the idea for All Is Quiet in the Cosmos kind of fell into my head. And I decided that, you know, that this was the one, this is the book that I was going to, it was going to be my debut. Um, and so I brought it home to my husband and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And he was like, you absolutely should write that and you should publish it. And so from that point, it's just been a roller coaster ride. It's been nonstop. <laughs> I love that. We yeah. love a supportive spouse. So I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> yes. He's very supportive. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's so crazy too. Cause I feel like it's so hard sometimes to be like, okay, I've been writing and jotting down ideas and all of that to put it all together and then put it in a book and like, let it go in the world is terrifying. Oh, it's absolutely horrifying. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm, currently working on more projects and I'm working, you know, working on the sequel and I've done it once and it's still scary. Like I'm saying, mm -hmm. I have sent my sequel to my beta readers and I'm just like, oh, please like it. <laughs> you <laughs> if know. you don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like cheering up over here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, so, that yeah, is I... valid criticism. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I should probably fix that. Okay. <laughs> sure. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no i love that so what is it like for you being a debut author in the age of like the bookish interwebs you know you're pretty active on tiktok and instagram and all that kind of stuff like what has that been like for you creating these accounts and having to kind of share your story i will say that i mean it makes it easier to do kind of my shtick that i have you know with the anonymity thing mm -hmm. but it's been very difficult because social media is sort of like trying to play the lottery yeah. Uh, especially as a debut author, then if you make it big, you make it big. People want to read your books, you know, and you, you get thousands of followers very quickly. That was not the case with me. I, I had to like work and I had to network and I had to, you know, uh, reach out to other authors and find basically hunt down my readers is, is what I felt like I was doing and what I'm still doing, um, to this day. And so it's good and it's bad it's a double-edged sword you know yeah i that's pretty much all i can really say yeah <laughs> you know posting every day especially when you're as busy as i am it's it's a pain it's a pain yeah. in the ass <laughs> yeah it's crazy because like i don't know i feel like a long time ago we thought books like only come from traditional publishing and all of that and it's like you just found mm -hmm. it at a bookstore and in the last like five years, the transition in the industry is wild. And the amount of marketing that you guys have to do is just astronomical to me. And I commend every author, indie trad, especially you guys as indie authors, like doing it all yourself is nuts to me. It's insane. It's, and it's exploded and it's so oversaturated that mm -hmm. you really have to stand out in some way in order to be seen. Yeah. And that's hard. That's really hard. It's really hard. Especially, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're a mainly sci-fi author in the age of like romanticy or fantasy and you have yeah. to like convince people like, I promise you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't have the morally gray dark man or the fae, but you'll like it. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause like, I'm a big, my favorite series is red rising, which there's not a lot of romance in that, but like, I was like, Oh, I don't really read sci-fi. Like that's not my vibe. 
And then someone recommended one to me and I picked it up and I absolutely love the series. And I was like, mm, I actually think I might be a sci-fi girly. Like this is me. So the more I read, I'm like, I think it's just, it's like a totally different element. Cause I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I think a lot of people associate like sci-fi with Star Wars. And then, sure. you know, the fantasy element is like Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I'm more of a Lord of the Rings girl, but in reading, I'm like, no, I think I actually do like the science fiction aspect of it. Cause it gives that like urban fantasy without it being too much like, like the similar, like you're saying, always Faye, all the dark haired, morally gray men. And it's like, right. it's very like, in my opinion, it's like a really fresh take on stuff. And I love that. It is. It's, it, I, I like to describe it as space sandbox because yeah, with yeah. fantasy, you do have a lot of free reign over what the world building, right? You can make up a lot of things. You can be very creative, but there are parameters there mm -hmm. that are sort of unspoken, almost Tolkien-esque yeah. parameters, you know? And with sci-fi, you don't really have that. You don't really have those same parameters. I mean, if you think about it, you can introduce so many incredible concepts, you know, that wouldn't be accepted socially yeah. in sci-fi because it's sci-fi, right? Like, I think Star Trek had the first interracial kiss on screen and they got away with it because mm -hmm. it's it's sci-fi. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can just do, there's so much more to play with, in my opinion, in yeah. science fiction. So, yeah. And it's always like, there's this element of familiarity with it being like, okay, we're going to go to these planets and do those things that people know, but like the rules are endless because we do not live off of planet earth and you can do whatever you want. Like, like you're saying kind of without any of those bounds, but also there's that sense of like, okay, I understand geographically where we are, but all of this is brand new. So I like that. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So you said this idea kind of just fell into your head, but what specifically inspired your very epic story and your super amazing characters? <laughs> I will say, I think I just grew up on a lot of science fiction, um, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, things like Avatar, but not The Last Airbender, like the blue people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ferngali, if and, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. And so that combined with my love of fantasy, I think was a lot of where the inspiration came from. But because it is such a unique story, I don't, I can't really say for sure if I took a whole lot of inspiration from anything. Um, yeah, it, it was just, I, it's so random. It is so random. But I remember I was sitting in a drive-thru getting food. And I was just, I was off. Of, we had a brand new baby at the time. And so I wasn't fully conscious but like i got this idea in my head that that basically was like hey what if there was a prince who was cursed so that anybody he spoke to would die i was like oh that's interesting let me think about that a little bit more and so you know the entire drive home i i kind of started forming it in my head and i walked through the door and i was like hey babe <laughs> what do you think of this and just kind of laid it out for him and he was like that's that's fantastic. I've never heard of that before. You should definitely write it. So as far as inspiration goes, I don't think fast food counts, but you know. <laughs> Listen, it's inspired me to do a lot. So <laughs> Wendy's chicken nuggets, you know. Yeah. Send the <laughs> Jack in the box tacos deserve a lot of credit in this game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. So can you give us, I forgot to do this a little earlier, but can you give us a spoiler free overview of all is quiet in the cosmos and what it's about? 
Oh gosh, this is this is what I'm really bad at. Um, Yeah, it's really I hard can't. to do spoiler free. <laughs> I wrote my own blurb, but I can't say like I can't sum it up in my word. I'm way better on paper than I Yeah, am in yeah, person. So, totally valid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, it's a dual point of view science fiction fantasy novel where one of the main characters is a prince who has. basically been marooned on a desert planet for 20 years due to a curse that he can't control and lo and behold somebody's trying to find him sends a bounty hunter after him and this bounty hunter is somehow immune to his curse right so then on the far side of the galaxy or the far far side of the universe there is a soldier who is uh basically enlisted for a mandatory five years to serve in the human uh human military in this war against a completely different alien race. And while he's on duty, he intercepts a message from a crushed ship that was not meant for him, but he basically has to try to figure out what it means. And yeah, that's, <laughs> and both stories are connected. It sounds very haphazard and all over the place, but they eventually connect in the end. So <laughs> We love that. We love that. <laughs> Connect straight. That's the other thing I feel like about sci-fi is like you can have these two very different, very massively, you know, like separated storylines and somehow they all come together. And it's like, though, I think it does better than the epic journey in fantasy, in my opinion. <laughs> Yes, it's and it's so fun, too, because, you know, you can make these huge connections across like the vastness of the universe and it'll still make sense. Yeah, I love So. that. <laughs> That's what makes sci-fi <laughs> so fun. yes, <laughs> I agree. so I really loved your world building. I feel like you did a great job of kind of like fleshing out all of your characters and like we were saying, making everything really descriptive and very, very different from, you know, the two different places that we start in for our characters. But what kind of drew you to science fiction in the first place? I know you said you were a fan as a kid, but is that what kind of drew you to create these really epic universes? Yeah, um, I think so, because I did dip my toes originally into fantasy, like I think everybody does, and I enjoyed it, but there was nothing that really spoke to like the magnitude of the story that I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell something that, you know, because, you know, we, we authors, we dream big, that would just be amazing on like a movie theater screen, right? It's just such an epic story of of love and of... power and war and i feel like science fiction drew me because you can really do that and now i know you said you're not a fan of star wars but that's what is so amazing about star wars is it's this huge epic tale Yeah. and it's epic because of the vastness of the setting right Mm -hmm. so Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am like a fan, but I'm not as like dedicated as I would say I am to like Lord of the Rings. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm both. So, yeah. I, I have like a, a, a more newfound respect for it as I get older and I keep going back to Disneyland <laughs> and I see it. So I think I need to do a rewatch. <laughs> for sure, especially like with the new uh, the new trilogy, you Yeah. know. Yes. So. I'm like, okay, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> I love that. So you mentioned that you wrote a fantasy or you dipped your toes in and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you do have a high fantasy on Kindle Vela. Would you ever consider branching out into different genres outside of like fantasy sci-fi? Would you do like a thriller or, you know, like a contemporary of some form? Yeah, actually. Um, so 
like you said, I have my high fantasy on Kindle Vela. I have a couple of works that are sort of on the back burner, sort just mainly in the idea stage right now. Um, but one is a cozy urban fantasy, and it's called Gender Affirming Scare. And it's supposed to be about a, a, a young trans man who gets turned into a vampire and he's an office worker. So it's supposed to be funny. He's trying to live his normal life and, you know, pretend like nothing has changed Yeah. and everything has changed. He's a vampire now. Right. And it's going to have romance and all that good stuff. But and then I do have a or another urban fantasy that I will be possibly co-authoring on. So, and it'll be a Lucifer retelling. So that'll be fun. That is so fun. Yeah, I like both of those. That the cozy fantasy about the vampire that gives like, did you ever watch the BBC show of Being Human? No, I haven't. It's like a vampire. I think he's a vampire werewolf and a ghost. And they all like end up living in this house together. And it's all very like suburban. And they're trying to like live their lives. And she's trying to figure out like how she died. It's it's very, yeah, it's very new girl meets like supernatural. <laughs> Okay, so, it's a very I, similar I'll have to vibe. look I it like up. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that one that one was kind of goofy because I was talking with an author friend about Twilight and uh, we were like, well, what would happen if uh, if a trans person were to become a vampire? Like, would they stay where they were at in their transition or would they Yeah. become like their perfected self? And so, Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's interesting. So. So fun. We love, I love an urban fantasy too. So I'm very into that. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> that'll be coming out at some point. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. I love it. So in, in your debut specifically, was there any kind of part of the story that you struggled with? Like, you know, kind of the world building, your character development, the banter, any of that kind of stuff, action scenes? Like, was there a part of it that you found kind of difficult as you were writing it? So, uh, not difficult technically, like actually doing it, but I really struggled to write. And this, I'm going to keep this as spoiler for you as I possibly can, but the scene between Zen and Belle, because, um, part of, part of that involves sexual uh, assault. And, um, as a survivor of, you know, sexual assault, it was very difficult for me to sort of, put that on paper Mm -hmm. even though the experience didn't mirror like what what I was writing it was still triggering enough as the author that it actually took me a little while to get through that chapter it wasn't even a full chapter I think it was only like like a page and I still <laughs> it took Yeah. me out second but as far as technically um I didn't really I guess I would say maybe auction scenes at first because that was a new territory for me but <laughs> Fair, very fair. It's probably kind of like cathartic to get that out on the page, but really hard to write about for sure. It was. And I remember having like feeling so bad because I did have beta readers and I, I warned them. I put trigger warnings. You know, this this chapter has this. Um, and I still had a couple who were like, yeah, it took me a second, you know, to get through Yeah. that part, even though I don't describe anything, even though nothing even actually happens. Um, that sort of fear is very apparent on the page. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you did a really great job with like the emotional element of it too. And just adding like in general for the whole book and giving that, it felt like very realistic to me in, in what the characters were feeling at every moment. So I loved that about it. Thank you. That's actually something I really pride myself on is um, the realism of my characters. So Yeah.
I definitely got that. I was like, "Ooh, I love all of this." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, was a part was there a part that came really easy to you or a type of scene that you felt like was really easy to write? Um, Zen and Theris's banter okay. was really easy to write. Yeah. They had immediate immediate chemistry, and so writing their conversations was always easy, and even now writing the sequel conversations, it's been easy. I love that. So, Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you get the good banter going and you can keep it up, it's like that that's just like chef's kiss for you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And and Zen was not originally supposed to have a love interest. Oh, it's not in the plans. Okay. Uh but because the chemistry between him and Barris was just so good. Yeah. I I, I couldn't waste it. I was like, okay. And it ended up working out. So I'll, I'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. That's awesome. So Speaking of characters, who was your favorite character in this one? Probably Zen, because he was the easiest to write for me. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he's the character that I really related to more than the others. I wouldn't say he's the most, like, that he is me, but there are aspects of his personality that happen or that he does. And I'm like, okay, that was a little bit based off of me. I would have reacted the same way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's easier to write characters and relate to characters who are like you, so. Yeah, I feel like that would be my struggle if I was an author. I would just write about me and I'd be like, this is a little too, one, close to home and two, self-insert, so. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. And and you have to write that line very carefully. Yeah. But then you have to do other characters who are very different from you. And for example, Lilith, her character is very different from me. Okay. And so... Every time I went to write her, I would get writer's block because all she wanted to do was punch shit. That's all she wanted to do. She was so violent. Yeah. And, and I was trying to like guide her into a different path. And she's like, no, I just want to hit stuff. Right. And so, Can relate. So, I, <laughs> so I had to like learn to sort of let go and let her do her thing. So. Yeah. That's fair. I know it's it's crazy because like I feel like I've read so many books and I've talked to tons of authors and someone said it to me. It was just like very recently where they were like the characters have to like write themselves like they have their own personality. And I was like, that is such a, an interesting concept because as a reader, like obviously I feel that way. But it's like for you guys as writers to to know that is just like so cool to me. It's really the only way I think you can write believable characters is letting them write themselves and I, I let them introduce themselves when i'm writing like for example i have a character who i i've introduced in the sequel his name is kai and i was writing from his point of view and as i was writing i realized based on what i was writing that he has sensory issues mm. didn't plan for that not at all i was like oh well that makes sense considering your past got it thumbs up it yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, this is a good, <laughs> I know this now. Right. So uh, it's definitely necessary um, if you want your characters to breathe. Yeah. So I love that. I feel like it's like you can tell when you as an author, you know, kind of feel that way. It's It does. It gives that like, you know, element of realism. And it's easier for mm -hmm. us as readers to connect to and kind of feel those things because it's those little nuances that really make it like super special. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your Kend Kendall Vela work. So that one's a high fantasy, correct? Yes, and it's a dawn and it's breaking. So what's that been like for you? You know, what is kind of your timeline as is you putting out the chapters and all that? And I'm like really fascinated by this program. So I'm kind of curious what that's been like for you on the author side. 
So it's not the most um, author friendly. I will say that um, it, it it doesn't. It, it was a new experiment for me because I had this idea that came to me, and I really wanted to write it, but I was also writing the sequel for All Is Quiet. So I was like, okay, well maybe this will be a good way for me to get this story out, right? Um, and it's been good. I do have you know certain loyal readers. They don't promote you. So Kindlevel doesn't promote your stories at all. And you don't have any way really of promoting it unless you have some sort of social media following. Right. And then on top of that, every, I think the first three chapters of a story are free. Okay. After that, you readers have to pay like coins for each of the chapters. And so I, when I was looking at my readership, I had like a hundred, you know, readers on the prologue mm -hmm. and then you got to episode four and it was like 20 right <laughs> <laughs> it dropped very significantly you know from one to the other and so you have to really hook people in those first few chapters you have to really kind of get lucky you know that you get found that you have a large following on something else beforehand But I have enjoyed it in the aspect that, you know, I upload weekly. I do have people that enjoy it. I will eventually, I think, publish it just normally. Yeah, it's going to be my um, <laughs> Yeah, because you can take it off of LA and you can publish it normally once it's finished. Okay. Um, I don't think most people choose to do that because it's very much like a, a Wattpad sort mm -hmm. of place. Uh, so people just keep it there. But yeah. It's been an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gives like AO3, Wattpad, like that kind of vibe, like fanfic vibe. But it's yeah. cool that like you guys can have the opportunity to get paid. But I was just wondering like what it was like from that aspect of, you know, people actually paying for it and all that kind of stuff. Because I think it's an, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> definitely not rolling in it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's such a weird one because I feel like it rolled out at a weird time and then there wasn't a lot of promo like as readers like I didn't know it was really a thing so Amazon does a yeah. it's very strange that they like have it and then don't push it quite like they do with like Kindle Unlimited and stuff like that I agree and I feel like it's just as valid as Kindle Unlimited you know you just yeah yeah it's difficult so I, I upload weekly uh yeah. You know, if anybody listening is interested in like stay romanticy. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm excited for you when it's done and you can publish it too. So that'll be really cool too. Yeah, I, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably good to like keep, keep yourself on track too and like, you know, do it weekly and give yourself like little goals and stuff to. Yeah, that really actually does help because I'm like, oh, I haven't done my chapter this week. Gotta do it. So. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like that would motivate me. Like if I was, if I went into writing, I would have to do like fan fiction. Otherwise I would never finish it or like this where I have to have a deadline because otherwise I'd be like, oh, I'll just do it a different day. And then it'd be like 10 years later and I have like seven chapters. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. I mean, I've yeah. got lots of unfinished works like that. So <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever is calling me that day. And then yeah, next thing you know, I have 12 unfinished, half finished books. So yeah, absolutely. It happened. I think every author has just scores of like oh this is like a seven chapter book yeah this novella, is chapters <laughs> and novella yeah i love that so speaking of do you normally plot everything out or are you a pantser you just go for it so that's a hard one i think i'm a mix because cosmos was <laughs> cosmos i knew the general plot of what i wanted i knew the ending i knew how i wanted it to end 
getting there was <laughs> was not super planned but i had the world so i have like a huge 10 page document of the world building for cosmos and so i i drew that out you know i had the ending in mind and i just kind of went but i learned very quickly that i do need to plan a little bit more when it comes to like sequels because this is going to be a three book series mm -hmm. so it needs to all be cohesive yeah and so yeah i i planned a little bit more with uh all the all the secrets in the stars and what i did was i just did like a chapter outline i was like okay this is generally where i want this this is generally where i want this you know kind of like little goals to work towards um and it yeah it worked out so i'm both okay yeah sometimes like, things throw me for a loop <laughs> yeah you gotta like you gotta let the characters take you where they will but at the same time i feel like it's better to do kind of like the loose outline too because then if something does happen and you're writing and you're like wait wouldn't this be better you have more availability to adapt without i would have like a menti b if if i plan the whole thing out and then i was like this is not right <laughs> exactly that's 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 pretty much how i feel about it too yeah you can't cling so tightly to your outline that your characters are like uh you know right <laughs> uh, exactly. you're not letting them do what they need to do because sometimes they have a better idea of what needs to happen than you do yeah you're like as long as you have so, the beginning and the end whatever happens in the middle is fair game <laughs> yep pretty <Yeah>. much <laughs> and like you were saying about the sequel that's probably really hard too, to kind of like trying to figure out you know this isn't a plot hole or what have you i i love the idea of your 10 pages of the world building beforehand so you can kind of reference back because i feel like you need a like a book bible before you start stuff oh absolutely especially when it comes to science fiction yeah and fantasy as well you know if you have very elaborate world building there have been so many authors who have been done dirty by their by their own works because they forget mm -hmm. details and so like <laughs> yeah you just have to be so careful because readers yeah. pick up on it they do yes so yeah because like we're crazy and we're gonna read them all back to back to back and we're gonna take notes and, <laughs> and then on. we're gonna be like why did he say this <laughs> that yeah. was out of character <laughs> You're like, are you sure I, it's like the cassandra claire of it all like i don't know how she keeps all her worlds connected but she did once say that she had like a bible of like who's related to who and she has to like go back and reference because there's so much that's like happened and like yep. what each character and what each like you know type of creature does and stuff like that and i'm like that's that's what i would need i would yeah exactly that's and, and i do that's one of my biggest tips especially for like aspiring authors mm -hmm. who want to get into fantasy or science fiction or whatever don't just jump feet first don't do that you need to sit down and you need to become acquainted with the world you're about to write about otherwise you will you'll save yourself so much in edits you really yeah. will yeah, and it's I think it's harder to catch things afterwards than it is like if you put it in there beforehand too. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you currently working on? What's kind of next for you? The sequel, what's the timeline for all of that, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So all the secrets in the stars. I just finished that last month. And that's currently with betas. Yeah. So <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> and that is hopefully coming out in june that's what i'm hoping for we'll see <laughs> we'll see how everything goes with editing and everything like that and then the third book i have not started it yet but i am generally thinking about the plot um it is titled it's called all all is grim in the galaxies so Ooh, dark sticking ending. with 
<laughs> yes. Well, listen. <laughs> I, I am not. <laughs> I am not a happy ending writer. I I I I try. It's re it's a realistic ending. <laughs> it's a realistic ending, and right. you know your heart will hurt, but it, you'll also it's bittersweet. You mm -hmm. know. And I feel like that's more realistic, especially, I mean, you read the first book. Yeah. You know the world that these people are living in. Yeah, it's um, rough. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> things aren't going to be sparkles, rainbows, yeah. unicorns by the end of this. And things definitely go even worse in the sequel. So great. Super. That is really awesome. great. <laughs> it's giving but... Red Rising. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 one of my, really dedicated fans calls me the king of angst yeah. because i just can't help myself but yes yeah, so those are coming and grim all those grim the galaxies will probably be 2025 is what i'm thinking as long as i start writing it sometime soon uh and then i have you know gender affirming scare sort of calling my name so we'll see the dawn and it's breaking that'll be just a continual thing whenever it ends I'll get it to edits, you know, and betas and all that good stuff. And mm -hmm. at some point, it'll <laughs> be published. And then uh, the Lucifer retelling, which is called The State of Color. That'll probably be more of a 2025 project, um, depending on that. That that really depends on my co-author who will be working with me on that. Um, and when, when they're free, because they're very busy right now mm -hmm. as well. So as soon as they're done with their current project, we'll be, we'll be starting on that. So. I love that. Okay. You got a lot going on. <laughs> Golly. And, and I'm a parent and a student. I, yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I'm like tired for you. <laughs> I, I'm exhausted. I don't know what I, I'm, I walk around in a fog, but it's fine. Yeah. We're, everything's fine. We're great. Everyone's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that meme of the dog. That's yeah. just sitting there and the room's on fire. That's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, so, totally valid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't expect, I didn't expect things to get as big as they got with, with Cosmos. And then I, and I'm saying, I'm acting like it was like this massive explosive thing, but it was just bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And people really were ravenous for the sequel. And so I was like, okay. All right. Well, I'll do that. I guess we're going full <laughs> tilt. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to like when you have a timeline and you're like, I put this out and I think I have this much time and people are like, okay, so it's been a day. Do you have the next one? You know, like people okay. are just ready for it immediately. And you're like, it does in fact take time to write a book. <laughs> it does. In fact, like the yeah. fact that I got two books out in a year and a half, like that's fast for me. Yeah. That's fast for me. <laughs> that's fast for a lot of so, people, you know, like it's, it's fast for the majority. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. So just give me a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And breathe. like having to do all the promo and the marketing and like, you're facilitating oh. your beta readers and all that. Like that is so much, you know? Promo is probably the worst part of it all. And Definitely. people enjoy my promo. I'm I'm decent at it, but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's exhausting, right? It's <laughs> so exhausting. I'm like, yeah. shit, I have to make another TikTok. Like <laughs> if that is like a never-ending beast. Like TikTok, I can't. <laughs> like, no, what do you want I, from me? Yeah. What do you want from me? Jeez, yeah. Yeah. People will like message me if I haven't posted something that day, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm fine. I swear. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to stop another tantrum. Right. You know. 
children are a blessing. I love that. <laughs> so what has been your most like pinch me moment that's happened to you since debuting and all of that kind of stuff? I think definitely the whole how how well received it was was really exciting. I have massive imposter syndrome. And so when I put it out, I was proud of it, but I also was like, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> every author thinks their shit. Right. That's just the <laughs> most authors, at least the ones I've met. And so with how well received it was, it was pretty shocking. I actually had a fan of mine it was her first like 10 star read um and she compared it to star wars and i was like please don't do that please don't put me on that level like, <laughs> like it's sweet i appreciate it but yeah. also like it gave me an anxiety attack yeah <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you but don't no mm -mm. <laughs> like, thank you but no i'm not and you know i've had multiple people saying like i really want to see a movie of this and i'm like well, don't tell me that because i can't do anything about that like, <laughs> like, You're like me too bestie <laughs> yeah, me too i'd love to see this on the big screen but also i have two thousand followers on tiktok so <laughs> that's your job so, to get it out there you know <laughs> there was, and that's another thing it's just having sort of the ravenous fan base mm -hmm. who are just promoting the hell out of you i have at least like i have several fans in my head who can like consistently tell me oh i recommended your books to somebody today i sent oh. your book to somebody today i recommended you you know and it's it, it feels really good but it feels surreal mm -hmm. you know uh to have that ravenous like <laughs> give me now your book is amazing your writing's yeah. amazing you know so <laughs> yeah it's like strangers on the internet are like i love you and you're like I love you too. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so cool though. Like it's really neat to be able to like connect too. And I feel like as much energy and effort as TikTok and social media is, it's like such a cool way to connect with readers. Like I know for me mm -hmm. as a reader, being able to like talk to authors has been like so surreal and it's just like a really fun thing that we get to like scream in your face about how much we love things. So <laughs> yeah, I love when readers like contact me um, or tag me in yeah. reviews, you know, because I can go and be like, oh, thank you. You know, and they're like, oh, my gosh. But, like I had a I had somebody who read my book uh, last month, I think, mm -hmm. and they did a really just the sweetest review on it. And I got tagged. And so I was like, I, I messaged them because I added them or they added me. So I added them back and I messaged them. And I was like, thank you so much. You know, it's really sweet of you. And they freaked out. Like, <laughs> they were like, oh my gosh, your, your, your writing is like what I aspire to. Aww. And I'm sitting over here like. Me? <laughs> me? Are you, are you sure about that? Like, yeah. uh, you know, just a normal, normal guy over here. But it was really sweet. I really loved it. So. Oh, I like that. That's amazing. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. crazy. That's awesome. So if you started over tomorrow, is there anything that you would do differently or any advice you would give like your younger self? I would say uh, I would, mm, I would have done this sooner, yeah. I think, because I spent 10 years just twiddling my thumbs and not thinking I was good enough to publish anything. So I think I just would have done it sooner. Yeah. As, as my biggest advice for myself what i would have done differently would i have had the same experience no you know but that's yeah. okay so 
Yeah, that's fair. It's like, this is a good time to be in it. Like you said, there's a lot, it, I think it's a little bit more like information is more widely available, you know, than it was maybe like 10 years ago, but it's definitely like right. the sooner you do it, the more, the bigger your reward's going to be later on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So what's been kind of your favorite part about the writing process, publishing, all that kind of stuff? Probably just the writing. I really enjoy writing. Um, I always have. And being able to create worlds and characters that people love is, it's it's a feeling that can't be like expressed because, you know, you, you make these characters and you love them yourself as an author and you share them with people. And it's, it's sort of like sharing pieces of your heart mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And so when people love them as much as you, or even sometimes more than you, that's been my favorite part of this whole thing. You know, I, I'm a storyteller and I love telling stories. So I love that. Yeah. You have to love writing to be an author, you know, <laughs> and, and like, absolutely keep finding the joy in it the more you write right 100 <laughs> percent, yes <laughs> cool so i only have one last question and that is where can everybody find you on the bookish interwebs so my tiktok is at author emerson and then my instagram which is i hardly ever post there but you follow me anyway is at author emerson one and then i do have a website that is connected to my tiktok so that is where i update everybody on all of my work so love that awesome well yeah. i really appreciate you coming on do you have any other questions anything else you wanted to add actually i did want to ask you yeah. specifically who was your favorite character i would love to know i always ask my readers who their favorite character was so i don't know how to pronounce his name the one that starts with an a your main character or prince <laughs> altair I'm just going to call you A because I don't know how to do this. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> no, you're fine. Just love like a broody, uh, moody man that is like very self-assured. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like he doesn't deserve any of the things that are happening to him, you know? <laughs> you're like, I can fix you. <laughs> yes, I can fix you. That's the vibe. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, I, I do appreciate that. Altair doesn't get a lot of the love that I feel like he deserves. So yeah, I love yeah. that like a, a, a really brutal past as well. You know, like it's, it's like, it's the, I can fix you of it. It's like, Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's, I, I, that's half of the appeal of Altair. I think the other half is he doesn't speak, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> we love that you know it's like I, I, yeah i really like his backstory in like the beginning i just was immediately sucked into everything that was kind of happening with him so i was like yeah this is it <laughs> love that well i i appreciate you telling me that. i love asking you know when people finish and they contact me i'm like hey who was your favorite character yeah general consensus is usually zen or Varys. so i'm glad that altair got some love <laughs> great choices as well you know <laughs> yes yeah who doesn't love who doesn't love you know gay anxious messes right, right? exactly so. that's the vibe too <laughs> <laughs> i just i need a project you know <laughs> absolutely yeah well honestly they're all projects they all that's true. they're all a little fucked up but that's okay perfect well i really appreciate you coming on thanks for chatting with me i loved your book so i'm very excited for this episode thank you so much i appreciate you talking to me today bye bye thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode hope you enjoyed it if you aren't following us go ahead and follow us on tiktok and instagram at the bookish banter podcast please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review and thank you guys again for all of your support have a great day